Hiya, Georgie. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, I'm Andy. And I'm Larry. And this is the Road to Nowhere Halloween special, in which me and Larry are going to discuss our top three scariest moments. We're also joined by previous guests of the show, um, with some of their favourite scary moments. So, it's going to be a long one, I think. (laughs) Buckle in. Aye, buckle in, exactly. Um, Before we get into that, we're just going to have a wee chat about Halloween and horror and what it means to us, really. Um, yeah. What is, is, is Halloween a big time of year for you, Larry? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. This house. My girlfriend is obsessed mm-hmm. with Halloween. And I've always, I've always loved Halloween since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the kind of lucky ones where my mum was quite very into making costumes when we were like in school. And right. so I've been everything from a Ghostbuster to Captain Hook. Uh, that was a prize winning one. There we go. Very good. Um, I've been Dracula, that was a the turtles. Yeah, I've been a very. There's a very like. I need to post up if I find it on our Instagram or our Twitter. <laughs> that me dressed up as a Grim Reaper, and my, yeah. bro- my brother is Freddy Krueger, <laughs> and my my um, my sister has a, a, a clown, which is like kind of three hallmarks of like people's um, sweet paralysis demons. Hi. Um, <laughs> are horrible like scary moments, but. And we've picked our ones. That was way before it, I think. I think even before that, maybe slightly mm. after it came out with Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very, very fun. But yeah, I've always loved Halloween. Um, I've kind of weird, interesting memories of Halloween. I see through like all the kind of going to school, school discos and dressing up mm-hmm. all the time and like and having like weird older um, memories of like going to, going to like the cat house in Glasgow. Aye. <laughs> dressing up dressing up as Wayne from Wayne's World, but because I couldn't find paint, I put like weird um glow in the dark like residue stuff on my hat. Right, like, okay. Hat. But right. It looked, looked like jizz. It looked, <laughs> like glow in, glow in the dark pre- like, cum, basically. So that was fun. Um and I had the most ugliest ugliest wig I think I've known to man. But it, I like I like I really like, like Halloween and I see just back from the Halloween festival in my in my hometown just now. So yeah, been mm-hmm. like it's really, and going to continue over the weekend to like into next week. Yeah, and obviously us doing our, our a big slot of Halloween shows we're doing now, talking about different movies and obviously now the scary moments episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. it's something I've like always enjoyed. I like the kind of time of year, like all the mm-hmm. kind of seeing other people's, other people's costumes and seeing all the kids dressed up as like weird characters. Yeah, big Dracula theme this year it seems. Everybody's excited for the Renfield Nicholas Cage Renfield movie coming out this year, but of course, well, that's, uh, that's where all these kids are really clued in in the Renfields uh, um, and the Bram Stoker Dracula. Um, mm. Tap these days, uh, uh, but yeah, 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 it's awesome. Aye, I'm a uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I used to dress up a lot. Robin Hood, I think you said as well. I, yeah. My gran made me a Robin Hood costume one year, yeah. just out of like card and paper. Yeah, <laughs> like, just make a <laughs> sailboat for the hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> paint it green. Um, 
And then, yeah, growing up, having Halloween parties in flats every yeah, year, dressing yeah, yeah. up just so you could get messy, get drunk. Um, and now I've got a four-year-old. She's going out as Chase from Paw Patrol this year. That's amazing. So That's she was, cool, yeah. yeah, she was Marshall from Paw Patrol last year. <laughs> so she's making her way through. Maybe Sky and Rubble next week, yeah. next year or something. Um, so we'll begin out doing that. Um, and then, yeah, she's she's really into her Halloween as well. So it's passing on, passing on the kind of affection for the. It's, it's not really a holiday, I suppose. Is it? It's more a golf, celebration, golf occasion. <laughs> Aye, it should golf, be a holiday. Of Christmas. Yeah, like uh, Satan, they'll get a day when Santa does. And do you take her? Do you take her trick or treating? Has she been? Has she been doing that around the houses, kind of thing? Yeah, or? yeah. Last year was her first fully around the houses. Um, That's cool. We'll have her cousin over. Uh, her cousin and my um, wee sister will come over, uh, and we'll have got an idea for a couple of games. And um, tomorrow we're going to do. Tomorrow's Saturday. We're going to. Carve a pumpkin we got. We went to. We always go every year as well to Arn Pryor Farm. Oh, I love Arn, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Arn Pryor Farm. We've, we've done that a few times as well. It's <clears> yeah. So awesome. We get the potatoes and stuff and our big giant pumpkin. Aye. Aye. We, 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 we just get a basic sized one this year, but um, we'll carve that tomorrow. She wants it to have a smiley face. She doesn't want anything scary on it, so yeah. that's fine. Good, great. And I saw, I, saw a, a, so a tip. <laughs> I, I saw a tip and a hack for this wee old woman on, oh God, it must have been on TikTok. Yeah, I've seen as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the electric whisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. Yep, yep. And it just takes out. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that, yeah, trying that out amazing. tomorrow. So, yeah. And then, obviously, for what we are talking about today, um, it's the season of scary movies. The nights are drawn in and Yes. The clocks go back this weekend, and I try and watch as much horror stuff as I can. But I'm yeah. actually struggling this year not to find anything, but just to keep up. Um, yeah. I've started the Midnight Club. I've, there's also the new Cabinet of Curiosities, Guillermo del Toro's stories. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching which that. Which is yeah. meant to be great, yeah. And that's that's another 10 episodes trying to find. I haven't even caught up with Umbrella Academy yet. Know, <laughs> like, I'm there's so, so much far behind. now, like it's... Now I'm starting watching the watching the Watcher. Um, yeah, there's that as well. Yeah, good. like um, Dama, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's quite like it's, it's a lot of stuff to watch, and then you want to be watching your classics as well. You want to be watching Halloween itself, or you want to watch mm-hmm. Halloween Ends. Yeah, maybe. That's been far too yeah, many mentions on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was the I last episode as well. Um, <laughs> oh, so we, we can't let it lie. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, like I think I think we we could spoke about it in the kind of. The body bags episode, you know, watching the kind of trick or treat. That's kind of going to be a big mm-hmm. thing this year. Um, I've kind of I've watched anthology movies like Holidays and ABCs yeah. of F because I think they're kind of like quite good for these, this kind of time of year. But obviously, like watching the kind of the all kind of slasher and stuff is what I like to watch. You know, like, yeah. I see Halloween yeah. is good, and you know, Christine, or you can watch maybe you know some of the Friday. Friday the 13th, yeah, which I, I did mm-hmm. a big watch of earlier this year, so yeah, yeah, I might even revisit some of them, maybe Jason X, because mm-hmm. I love it, and it's a film you can watch, watch any time, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a time you have to get, like, as much horror movie viewing as, in as you can. Yeah, um, is there one that you always go back to, one specific? Hmm. You mentioned the Friday 13th there, or? Yeah, I, 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 tend, I, tend, I tend to watch, you know, I'm un- unfortunately, I've, like I've been, I'm actually missing my my pick just now in the cinema. Is it is watching the thing? 
Oh, okay. Um, just when it gets kind of colder, you know, and that sort of time of year when it's getting colder, it'll get darker and a bit more like mm-hmm. unsettling. I like to watch the thing and um and kind of cozy down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I like, yeah. I like, I like watching kind of slashers. I really want, just this year has been mostly trying to watch a lot of new stuff, new directors, yeah. new, and we've, actually, we've found a kind of a well for that. Um, we just recently talked about Barbarian, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, awesome. But I think it just it's, this year has been the kind of return of Ty West. With mm. X and Pearl and seen a lot of those kind of moves come back and stuff. So, yeah, it's been it's been a lot a lot less classic, a lot more new new favourites maybe. Yeah, um, myself. I I mean, it's a stereotype. It's Halloween. There, yeah. you know, I always watch yeah. that. Yeah. Um, a more recent one. I can I always rewatch is. Um, oh, I've taken a blank. It was. Just right in my head. I always watch Wreck now every every oh, year. Well, but, yeah, I can, yeah. but I also kind of find myself watching that generally at any time. Again, it's not yeah. it doesn't feel as Halloweeny as the no, other no, ones. No, 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 no. Um, but I, I do tend to watch um, it chapters one and two as well. I really love them. I know the second one certainly got a bit of, mm, bit of grief, but I liked how weird it was. Um, so I think now we'll just hear from our first guest. Hey there, Nowhere fans, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, from the Anachera Podcast, Cinema Swirl, Haichi Wrestling, and the Extended Pod Crabs universe. So we're talking today a little bit about scary stuff in the world of films. Many things have scared me over the years, and it was uh, put to me what was one of the scariest moments I could think of, and to have a little bit of a chat about it here, which has been nice because all week long in the run-up to Halloween... I have been trying to think of ways that I've been scared, which in itself has put me in a frightful state of mind. So cheers for that in advance. So I, I think the, the most pure form of terror usually comes in, in one's childhood. And I do have very, very vivid, still to this day, memories of seeing the trailer for The Mask, a movie which I would then go on to see and love and become obsessed with vis-a-vis the cartoon series as I was a wee little boy at the time and meant to enjoy such things. But there's a scene in the trailer, which is just when Stanley Ipkiss puts on the mask, which, as we all know, is like kind of a, a big moment in the movie or whatnot, and not necessarily one that's meant to be pure horror but it may not even have been the trailer it may have been on something like movies 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 or behind the hollywood scenes on rte2 but when i was watching it and i saw the combination of jim carrey going which when he's not doing it for a silly reason when he's doing it for a scary reason is actually the most terrifying thing on earth because jim carrey's already scary to begin with you got that coupled in there with the horrible mid-90s cgi effects that are going on and it just made for a horrible situation i think there's a lot of people out there where if we sat down and thought long enough about what the mask actually is it would make a wee chill go down our spines. But we can't dwell on the scariness of our childhood entirely all the time. So I'm trying to think if there's any more recent, more modern examples of scary stuff that has made me reliably chilly in my bones. One of the memories I have of seeing uh, a movie in the cinema that really made me go screamy was when I saw A Quiet Place. And it wasn't a particular scary ghoulie or goblin or ghost or, or clickety-click thing. 
or any of the kind of wet moistness from when it opens its horrible mouth going <laughs> no it wasn't that it was when the lady stood on the nail now honestly that is something that's very very terrifying to me anytime anyone's complaining about stepping on a lego piece i would have them pause for a moment and think yeah you're complaining about stepping on a lego piece and how horrible that is but is it as horrible as a nail no, it's not. It's the scariest thing in the world is standing on a nail. Alan Partridge went through something on a larger scale than that, and that terrified him for many decades. So I would say the lady standing on the nail in a quiet place got the biggest scream out of me in a cinema in some time. But if we're going for an actual proper scary thing, it's uh, Lost Highway by David Lynch. You know the bit I'm talking about. The scary man. The man the man who's all pale and horrible and well-spoken. I don't know what he is. I don't know why he does what he does. I didn't really understand the movie particularly well. I just know that it scared me. And if I'm left in a room long enough or in a party environment, my mind will drift there and I will be scared. And I hope you'll be scared too this lovely Halloween season. We've got a double bill of scary stuff over on Cinema Swirl. we got Hellraiser and the equally scary sequel to The Exorcist. The Exorcist 2, Heretic Mode. So, yeah, thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about some scary movies. And uh, I'm going to go now and uh, be scared on some other podcasts. Thanks for having me, guys. So, uh, looking at um, Halloween movies, you know, we've, we've mentioned uh, the ones that we watch this time of year. Um, do you have a go-to character? Is there, or not a go-to character, sorry, um, a favourite, basically? Well, for, uh, for, for Halloween... For uh, horror movies, sorry. Hi. Well, Do you have a favourite horror icon? If you yeah, want? Well, I, f- I think Freddy's my guy. Freddy, aye. He's kind of been my guy for a long time. Hmm. We've, I think we discussed before that I have a lot of love for all the movies. I can sort of take um, Freddy's Dead as, in the same sort of breath as I can take the first movie. Okay. Maybe not, maybe not seeing that, that they see him as good but yeah but you get the I enjoyment I, I, yeah I get enjoyment I, I think there are some of these films that you can like watch again and again and they're especially Freddy Dead is very very daft mm. of the Dream Warriors Dream Warriors is like my favourite I see Dream Warriors maybe the top one I think maybe then very very close with the first one in terms of they're, they're slightly different tone tonally yeah the first one is much more violent and more scary and more but yeah that's probably he's probably my guy over Jason and Though I do have a lot of love for Chucky, um, mm. especially now with with the new series, which um, which which has been like a kind of return to form. Mm-hmm. I just think the Chucky is just probably one of the most. I think he sort of superseded in terms of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Jason, I was never a big Jason fan until this year. Okay, when I kind of went through the sort of the kind of binge. Of going watching all of them from the beginning, so I'd only ever seen the first, very first one, and Jason X, which is I feel is the true end to that run essentially. But um, I watched mm-hmm. all of them, even the remake, and I really relate them. Yeah, um, they they have different levels of like of fun or and different levels of like enjoyment from me. But they are really good movies, and I, but I think that Freddie and Chucky are like my guys now, um, mm. a lot more than fucking. Than Ghostface because Ghostface's turn this year was not not the not the best but not the worst. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. We'll come on to twenty twenty two a wee bit later. Um, Sorry, kids. I don't believe in fairy tales. As much as the recent output 
has been quite poor. I just love Michael. I think mm. his uh, like his look and his status and similar to yourself with the Freddy movies, the Nightmare movies, they have diminishing quality. Yes. But I've got a lot of time for them. Yeah. Nonsense. Like, utter Absolute nonsense. nonsense but, yeah. um, I still got a lot of fun out of that. And then Pennywise, I think she's great. I think Pennywise is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like um, but Tim Curry's still the kind of the goal. Do you, do you think he's the, do you think he supersedes Skarsgård? Because Skarsgård it's definitely yeah. a more, I don't know, maybe a bit more of a violent Pennywise and a bit more like intense, whereas he is, Tim Curry yeah. was more kind of creepy and because he's, because of the way he is, and he's obviously, Tim, Tim Curry's <clears throat> got quite a kind of expressive face and yeah, um, expresses our mannerisms and voice. It's mm. a very different character, but I think that obviously kind of a, a sort of a maybe a, a slight um, honourable mention which didn't make my list is the scene where Annette, the Bill Skarsgård one, and the most recent one um, where he they're watching the the film mm. in, in, yeah. in the garage. That was like a massive jump scare for me. And when I was, I was like, oh yeah. my God, like that was a genuine terrifying moment for me because when it comes out the screen, that's just like, it was very, very, very scary. I think I think the difference with Tim Curry's version and Skarsgård's is Tim Curry's version is approachable as a clown. Yes. Um, you know, we can see why kids would go to him and how he gets like sets the trap for them. Yeah, yes. The Skarsgård one you just wouldn't go near. <laughs> You'd be like, no, fuck no, that. You go, no, 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 I'm gonna cross the street from that. Like But yeah, Tim Curry one has a bit more charm to him a little bit, a bit yeah. more like he plays a lot, the, the costume especially and as to that, you know, the look of him is a bit more of a, an actual like a circus clown, whereas yeah, exactly. Skarsgård right. is a bit more like a sort of demon looking, like <laughs> this horrible like, um, almost sort of, I don't know, like a sort of Russian folktale sort of mm. clown that would maybe come in and, and obviously in that film, steal kids and eat kids up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's definitely um Still really good. I think Skarsgård's great in both those movies. Yes. Um, but it's just uh, it's Tim Curry all, all day, every day. Yes. That's probably my, my two, I think. Um... Kiss me, fat boy! <laughs> Maybe actually, how about we have another guest? Uh, f- editor for Screen Rant and regular contributor to the Cynic. Um, this is Kieran Devlin. So my scariest moment is from the 2003 Korean film, A Tale of Two Sisters, where <clears throat> the um, uh, one of the sisters returns from a psychiatric hospital to her father, sister, and um, their stepmother. And it's very ambiguous whether or not they're being haunted or not, but it's also one of the most uh, frightening films I've ever seen. And um, there, there's one major jump scare, but most of it is the sheer dread and just how beautifully terrifyingly shot it is and the main the main scene for me the most horrifying scene in the film and um, of any film i've seen is about 30 minutes in where one of the sisters suffers from sleep paralysis and she wakes up abruptly and it's just about a minute of just slow pans across the bedroom before she very (laughs) suddenly sees a woman crawling across the floor 
um, before she stands up quickly with her head at a natural angle, and she slowly, slowly moves towards the, the sister, Su Yun, um, before standing up for her, and it is just absolutely terrifying. It's such an incredibly simple part, <laughs> and like, um, tactic in the film, but it's just executed beautifully and terrifyingly, and I absolutely loved it. So obviously horror is a broad kind of spectrum. There's ghost stories, there's slashers, there's now, certainly since the noughties, more so kind of rise in the extreme side of horror. What is your, you've mentioned that slashers is probably your preferred genre, would you say? I would say so, yeah. That's what I tend to kind of gravitate towards if I want to watch something. Some, you know, like I love the kind of eat slashers, you know, maniac, maniac cop. Um, <laughs> and if we do maniacs, um, maniac, <laughs> maniac, just to make it. Um, but yeah, like slashers and giallo, especially, I kind of like, you know, the, the works of Ar- Argento and Ruggiero mm-hmm. Diodato and Mario Bava. These mm-hmm. kind of like very kind of beautiful films with a kind of undercurrent of like just nasty sort of. Yeah. Almost art housey style, no, not art house, but certainly arty, 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 but also mixed with this kind of like thriller and slashery kind of horrible premise, and but also done in the beautiful um, scenic, scenic Italy or Germany or wherever it may be. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I think that's probably where I gravitate the most. If I'm going to put, I'm going to pick something and make like Shudder, or you're going to pick something on, you know, Prime or something from even mm-hmm. my own Blu-rays, right, I would okay. say. It's likely going to be a slasher movie, and I, cool. I, I do have love for like a lot of kind of ghost stories, um, mm-hmm. and you kind of folklore stuff. But yeah. yeah, it can't be it can't be a good slasher. Yeah, I love I do love slasher genre. As I said, Michael's probably one up there that I love to love to see on screen. But I think I probably go more paranormal, um, mm-hmm. ghost stories definitely. Um, I think. Paranormal Activity is probably one of my favourites. I love a found footage. Found footage paranormal movie is, I'm in my element. Um, they can be varying in quality, but I'll give them yes. all a watch. Yeah. Like, we have things like the Hell House trilogy, I think it is. Hell House LLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First one's great. Second one's, mm, the third one's terrible. <laughs> um, but I will still watch them. Um, yeah, going down that, yeah, more. Now, obviously, spoilers for it but Pennywise isn't paranormal as such he's no. an alien almost type of thing but then yeah, it's weird strange. and it's Stephen King absolutely yes. off his tits on cocaine so yeah. um, it doesn't really make much sense but <laughs> no. it's um, doesn't have to no it doesn't fine. need to it's just scary that's fine um, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd probably lean more into the ghost stories they're the ones that probably scare me like I don't get scared with slashers no I enjoy them. I think yeah. they're fun. They're good popcorn horror movies. Um, the ones that get to me are your paranormal activity, um, wreck, the orphanage, uh, caveat, which I saw last year, which well, was last year or two movie. years. Really good, really good that movie. put the shits right up me. Um, and yeah, certainly those are the ones I think I would probably go for more. Um, I want to talk about ones that I've seen this year that have kind of leaned into that, but um, is there is there ones you avoid? Is there a, genre, a subgenre of horror that you wouldn't go I to? No, I don't know. Um, 
I can go into mine as I've maybe opened myself up to it a wee bit more this year and certainly the episode we've got with Zoe and Amber uh, yeah. discussing the extreme cinema side. I have tried some. Mm. Uh, I can see the merit, but they're yes. really not for me. Like, I struggle massively with them, especially the extreme violence. Um, and... and, and like there's a lot of so the ones I've seen anyway. It's a lot of violence against kids, which is quite mm. a difficult thing to see. Yeah, and then anything by Eli Roth can just go in the fucking bin. Yeah, I find that that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think there's. I think I, I I do I kind of when I was younger, which we'll maybe talk about later on. An extreme. I'll talk about a slightly extreme film, mm-hmm. um, in one of my moments. Um, I kind of grew up with this sort of Tarnasia extreme yeah um owning quite a lot of those those dvds when i was younger and just getting and going to see them in cinema i had a friend who was really into that sort of the, the chan wook pack movies you know uh-huh. movie mr vengeance which i'm not which is i don't consider extreme even though that is is classic carnage extreme i don't yeah. think a classic extreme is maybe something like and um, the house of jack built maybe or you know like guinea pig films yeah you, of course. what what do you think that you've when you look, when you say extreme, what are you? Could you name like a film that you think that would, would kind of fit in that category? Where you, where you will maybe put off by it? Um. So I'm not really talking kind of new French extremity, which seems to be a bit more focused and a bit more based around storytelling. Mm. Like, um, storytelling is really harsh, but. Um, for example, you yeah, have seen the house that Jack built. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it was okay, um, but one I watched recently was Megan is missing. No, I've not come across that one. It's fucking brutal. Like, um, and it's I found footage, so mm-hmm. it's the only reason I watched it. But then it's uh, nothing happens for an hour, okay. and in the last twenty minutes, are some of the most horrendous stuff I've ever seen and it's horrible it's really really bad and I, I, I wouldn't never go back to it again I felt like I need a shower after it um, uh, do you find that's as, as extreme as you, as you would go and now you've kind of you've sort of yeah. tested the limits as a as a less of a, a need maybe a an a excuse to go want. further to go Aye, further exactly. that because I mean like I, that was something that you know that I see that when I was a bit younger, mm-hmm. um, until in my twenties, I, w- I was like into watching Korean horror. I was wanting to watching films like Begotten, um, yeah, films like kind of like The Men Who Stay at the Sun. Um, you know, is it, is it called that? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. And watching maybe you know Faces of Death and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, which is obviously you know silly, silly daftness. It's obviously like it's not very not real, but. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, there's. That's why I'm kind of interested in hearing Zoe's pod, new podcast. Yeah, I find, it, I find it a little bit more about because she has a, like an iron stomach for this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Um. So I'm interested to see, you know, where they go with that and what mm-hmm. they kind of in, they introduce you to because I think there is sort of a weird sort of. Um, beauty to these films and there's a, a certain what's the word I'm looking for a certain interest 
they, you know, some of it catches my eye about these films. But like an intrigue. An intrigue about them. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the word to use. Yeah, an intrigue about them. But I think there's, I have to be in the mood or maybe somebody has to sit down with me and go, let's watch this movie. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I don't think yeah. I would, if I'm going to go through my DVDs that I've got that are maybe in that sort of canon, yeah. I I would have to be really, really in the mood to sit and watch something like that. I'd rather watch something with a bit of violence in it, a lot of kind of gratuity in it, but I don't yeah. think I'd really want to watch something that's going to make me feel sick. There's a film, is it called Vomit Party? I think it's called. Um, vomit thing. There's, I think like, that's, I that's, that's a, like slaughtered vomit dolls or some fucking thing like that. Yeah, really yeah there's a lot. There's a lot of films that the films of that have got the sort of the extreme on the extreme uh, movie iceberg as they the call iceberg, it. Yeah. Yes, and I think oh. like matters is like the top of the iceberg. There, it's like nothing. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's that's <laughs> like even I find that quite hard to to watch in terms of like it's not a film mm. you go down and. You put them on no. and go, hey, let's have, let's have a wee relaxing movie with some popcorn. Yeah. It's a movie you don't eat anything for weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably something I don't go near. I don't think there's anything that I'm willing to kind of go into different avenues of horror and mm-hmm. of cinema yep. and, and enjoy them, you know, as much as enjoy my kind of slash and my giallos. But yeah, there's I'm willing to take on a lot of things, but extreme side of stuff, I'm going to call the, the Zoe Rose stuff um that might be a little bit more taxing for me i think these days one subgenre we've not really actually kind of touched on perhaps overlooked a wee bit is the horror comedy comedy horror whatever Mm -hmm. iteration of that or whatever order of those words you want to use one of my, probably my top 10 horror movies all time is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yes. Genuinely. I think it is great. Um, I think it gets a really good balance with the gore and the comedy as well. And yeah, is, it, there is, it's maybe not a, a huge, certainly from what I know, I don't know a huge amount of those types of movies. But when I do watch them, I get enjoyment, a lot of enjoyment actually. Mm-hmm. Um, with yourself. Yeah, I love a lot of comedy horror movies. I, I like I like when there's a, a good bit of balance of like when it's really, really scary. Can I like films like things that kind of like Fright Night? Mm. You know, Tom Holland's Fright Night. I really. So like you that. class you would class that as a. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's a lot of like there's like kind of campy daftness to it. It's not a full on brutal movie. Even mm. even the remake, it was very like campy, yeah, especially good, with David it? David Tennant in it. Yeah. Um, but the original Friday, I love, I love that. I love Critters. Mm. I love all the Critters movies because again, they're just like ridiculously stupid. But yeah, they're they're also quite violent and very kind of nasty as well at points. Um, yeah. Not not Critters in space, obviously, but most of them. But <laughs> um, another 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 one I kind of love, I would see is the Frighteners. Oh yeah, Michael, yeah, Michael J. Fox, Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, and it's. It's something I, th- I really hope that Peter Jackson can come, can come back to because Brain Dead and The Frighteners are probably two of my favourite horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the kind of top 10 horror movies for me. I think maybe, yeah, I would say so. Because I've seen them when I was like, a teenager. I've seen, seen Brain Dead when I was maybe like 10 or something. My gran, okay. just, my gran 
which I've talked about in the podcast before, had a very loose idea of what kids could watch. Just thought, let's look fun. This, this, can't, this can't be brutally violent when, when Brain Dead is very, very gory. Yeah. Anybody's seen it, the party scene is, knows how gory and bloody it is. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that he can come back to because he does make amazing horror movies mm-hmm. and very enjoyable, fun, like kind of light hearted but also quite brutal horror movies. Venus <sighs> has that kind of good tone of like being very funny with the kind of ghosts mm-hmm. and stuff like that as well, but yeah. also being, um, and also being quite kind of brutal graphic like, and graphic, graphic, yeah, yeah. graphic violence, yeah. And also, also like I find films like like Reanimator, which is like mm-hmm. the one of like the top films for me of of horror and of anything really. Yeah. Um, that's so. It's, that's very daft and very stupid as well. Like, mm-hmm. as for a subject matter, it's, it's very campy as well. Like, I think of the cat scene. Mm-hmm. Which is very Sam Raimi. We just like the things go. It's in the dark, and you the things running about. This, this sort of pop puppet essentially just like just been thrown about the room. I yeah. find Jeffrey Combs basically, or you know, like seeing like him holding the, the thing with the holding the head, uh, the body holding the head. That was just and trying to like go down in Barbara Crampton. I just think it's very, very. I just like that, that kind of daftness to it. Uh, also, all those filming pictures and uh, shirt garden pictures are kind of like that. They all kind of like a weird sort of campy kind of energy to them. Mm-hmm. Which I really, really enjoy, but yeah, comedy horror. I've always got time for that. It's yeah. I mean, you get the ones that are maybe not sends up, but paying uh, homage to uh, to classics like your Shaun of the Dead, which yes. is one of the first ones I can remember seeing. And again, top top movie. Um, Zombieland, the first one I enjoyed. The second one was pretty, mm, mm, yeah, 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 like okay, it was fine. But the first one's great. Yes. Um, and then maybe ones that are a bit more, a bit more um, original. Certainly, I think um, I think of something like Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods, really which good. is another really well made. Is it Drew? Is Drew Goddard? Is that who directed that? And it was I think so. By, yeah, I think so. Written, it's written by, by, um, by Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, yeah, yeah. Um, and that gets the violence. Oh, and definitely, the comedy, yeah, yeah. Um, very spot on, especially near the end when everything kind of kicks off without getting into too much detail. We spoil that. Yeah. Um, even films like Tremors as well, which is like one yeah. of those again. It's like Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah, yeah. There you go. Gremlins, yeah, Gremlins. Uh, it's like a. That's kind of the, one of the best Christmas movies there is. Mm. <laughs> so fun. It's just a very fun movie. Like, die hard. Very daft, but like quite yeah. brutal as well. Like. Yeah, and then you, you also get kind of horror comedy. But if we say Shaun of the Dead's a comedy horror, I think horror comedy would be things maybe like Scream. Like there's a lot mm. of comedy in Kevin Williamson's yeah. um, script writing and The Faculty as well, another one. Faculty, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of leans into the horror comedy side of it. Um, <clears throat> one that I saw actually this year, I really enjoyed it. Was it this year or last year I saw it? And it had uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and it was Little Monsters, which I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, I really wanted to watch that. Yeah, yeah. I never could check it uh, out. But... Decent. Aye, decent. Um, again, good violence, and Josh Gad's quite good in it. He plays an absolute dickhead. Um, <laughs> and they, it, we've seen kind of the, the input of Jordan Peele recently in terms yeah, of... definitely, yes. Get out and uh, us and Nope was more sci-fi this year I think and also I didn't particularly like it. Um, 
but for me, I preferred us. I thought us was his best. I know everyone loves Get Out, but I, yeah, like, I think the scary moments in us are scarier and land better. Um, but then yeah, he also is really weird as well. Like, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I would agree with um, that. Though I did, I did love Nope. And they're mm. very different movies, and Nope's more of a kind of like a, a little bit more of an actiony kind of movie than than a little bit more of a sci-fi movie than a kind of straight up horror. There right. are horror elements to it, and obviously it is quite scary, but um, it's more of a kind of sci-fi, more of a, a sort of nod to sort of Spielberg, maybe a little bit. Yeah, John Carpenter, maybe a little like, bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what they call the Amblin style. Yeah, or, I guess definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even uh, like even a kind of one that kind of came out a couple of years ago, Ready or Not, was really yeah. really, really fun. It was really right. fun. I like, can horror comedy was like you know, just very very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to you know seeing more from that director as well. That hope he kind of brings it some more and kind of films that sort of that kind of scope essentially. Yeah, yeah, I think really well. Yeah, I thought I'm ready or not, I, I, good. I think I've watched that twice this year actually, just because I think it's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, I just having a wee, a quick look there actually. We've also got what we do in the shadows. Yes, yeah, 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 classic. Spot on with that. Uh, another one, kind of the, the Happy Death Day duology. I don't think we've had the third one out yet, but that's meant to be getting a trilogy. Um, Werewolves Within was brilliant. Really enjoyed that. Um, who It was the same guy who'd done... Um, oh, I've totally forgotten the name of it. Scare Me, I think it was. Yeah. Um, very good movie. Um Mayhem as well, another really good one, which also has Samara Weaving, yeah, who seems to be getting a bit of a, a niche for being mental and creepy and funny. <laughs> so <laughs> the babysitter and things like that as well, yeah, and as you said, ready or not. So. Yeah, absolutely. She's really good. Like, and she's um, I think she'll be kind of a bigger, a really big actress soon. I think in terms of yeah, she's excellent. That's the thing. Like, she's really good. Um and just off the top of my head, um, Freaky was really good. I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, Freaky, Freaky um, really good. I, I, I was like, um, I've only seen like a little bit of that, but what mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've kind of really enjoyed. And hopefully, yeah. like, you know, like I think of a lot of these kind of films that are kind of coming out now are they're kind of leaning more, a little bit more into comedy. And I think it's good to see that. Mm-hmm. I think another, another kind of good film, a couple of good films I've seen were Extraordinary, which is a you know, Irish movie. Right, okay. It's kind of about kind of like a kind of ghost hunter essentially in Ireland, but she's a bit like um, a bit inept mm-hmm. with Will Forty. He's a kind of like a try to summon a demon and try to possess a child, um, which is really good. And Housebound, uh, which is a Australian movie, mm-hmm. it's about it's basically kind of like a, a, a kind of ghost, but it turns out to be. Something very different, but it's very, very funny. It's about a student family that kind of don't really get on, and the, do- the daughter can't leave the house. Um, I think she came out of rehab, mm-hmm. and um, her mum and her dad are a bit, a bit too doting on her. Um, so it's, 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 a couple of things that you should check out in terms of horror comedy if you're looking for something mm-hmm. just kind of fun and um, kind of popcorn ready. So sticking in the theme of comedy. Comedy horror, obviously, as we spoke. I think we'll hear from two people, two guests that we've had on this year, who certainly one is a stand-up, a comic and club comic, as he loves to get called. 
Mark Nelson and also the host of the Old Firm Facts podcast. And he's now a, a writes articles in a paper. Apologies, Adam. <laughs> Can't remember the name. Uh, Adam Telegraph. Telegraph. Is it Telegraph? I think it is, isn't it? Is it? I'll need to double check that. But yeah, Mark Nelson first up and then Adam Miller. Hi there, uh, I'm stand-up comedian Mark Nelson and uh, I think my scariest bit in a movie ever is it's from my favourite ever horror film as well. It's the original Omen, the 1970s Omen and it's the bit where uh, Robert Thorne, who's Damien's son, has started to realise that his kids basically come from the devil's spunk and uh, he goes to the church where the the priest has been impaled by his own spire and uh, he meets the photographer in there and the photographer's talking about uh, all the stuff that he's managed to photograph and he's seen all the death scenes and all the people that have been killed and then he says Robert Thorne says thanks so much for that you don't need to do any more it doesn't concern you anymore and he goes oh I'm afraid it does and then he shows his own reflection in the mirror and it shows him basically getting his head sliced off which happens later in the film it's a fucking incredible film scariest film i've ever seen i still watch it it's still terrifying it's brilliant look at me damien it's all for you Hi, I'm Adam Miller I'm the host of the Old Firm Facts podcast and I'm a journalist and my favourite scary moment is Delbert Grady talking to Jack Torrance in the bathroom in The Shining. At first, this man is very posh and very polite. And over the course of a couple of minutes, this, the scene just gets more chilling. So he starts off just a uh, quite friendly chat with Jack Nicholson. Don't think you can call it chat, but just being very polite. And then Jack Nicholson's convinced that Delbert Grady used to be the caretaker of the hotel. Uh, he, he says, I saw your picture in the newspapers. You chopped your wife and your daughter up. Uh, and then you blew your brains out. And all the while, while Jack Nicholson's saying this, Delbert Grady is just sort of maintaining this uh, very polite uh, approach. And he's saying, you know, that's strange, sir. I don't have any recollection of that at all. And the tension's just building and building because there's all these lo- you know, long pauses just kind of stretching things out. And then eventually he does admit... Uh, he, so he's, he's saying to Jack Nicholson, you know, you have always been the caretaker. I should know I've always been here. And at that point, the expression on his face changes and the demeanour and the tone, everything just kind of switches. And it's chilling because... It's, it's more chilling than if he was just kind of ranting and raving. He just keeps the steady look on his face the whole time. And while Jack Nicholson's got all these wild expressions going on, there's this contrast where Delbert Grady just sounds, you know, he just looks completely stone-faced, but you can just see this slight change where he's becoming just more menacing. And then he starts talking about Jack Nicholson's son having a, a talent uh, that he's using against him. And he he calls him a rather naughty boy, if I may be so bold, sir. And that kind of contrast of the way he's talking and how still he is compared to Jack Nicholson, it's just it's just really chilling. And then he goes on to talk about how he killed his uh, he killed his kids and he killed his wife, 
and all the while, you know, he doesn't once raise his voice or anything. I just think it's so, so tense. Plus, also, it's got an added layer of tension for me now because there was one year I saw it at the GFT, Glasgow Film Theatre, and some arsehole was crunching crisps the whole way through that scene and just totally sucked the tension out of it for me and at the same time made me a lot more tense just with anger. Uh, so, yeah, that scene is definitely my favourite scary scene. My girls, sir, they didn't care for the overlook at first. One of them actually stole a pack of matches and tried to burn it down. But I corrected them, sir. And when my wife tried to prevent me from doing my duty, I corrected her. So that was Adam and Mark there, and Adam, it's um, The Herald, I think we yes, discussed yes, yes. there, The Herald, and he's written for The Guardian as well, and he's got an excellent Old Fun Fact podcast, you can check yep. that out, and Mark Nelson also has um, My Perfect Playlist, his music podcast, so well worth a check out there, that as well. 2022 then, the year of our Lord, I don't know, people still say that, they say it every year. <laughs> I'm sure um, Lord's still involved in some way. Aye. Not uh, my Lord, but you know what I mean. Yeah. One of the Lords. Aye, no, one of them. Whatever <laughs> God you choose to believe in. Um, the This year's been strong. Like, there's been a oh, yeah, lot definitely. of good stuff. There's been a lot of output just in general. A lot of shite. Mm-hmm. But I just think in terms of the actual really good stuff, it's reached a different level this year. Um, yeah. <sighs> oh, oh, oh. I've got a list of things here, but I'll come to yourself first. I mean, we've got an episode in Barbarian, and yep, which is that is, yeah, probably top two, top three movies of the year for me. Possibly yep, even the movie of the year for me. Um, you loved it as well. Anything else? Yeah, what, what else has kind of stood out to you? There's been a quite a few, actually. And, and as, as you said yourself, this year's been really strong, especially for horror. Especially horror that's come from people that are not... Um, stalwarts of the scene you know like mm-hmm. a lot of new directors come in yeah. a lot of directors you know like I say Ty spoke earlier about Ty West coming mm-hmm. back and kind of two two of his strongest movies um, yeah. Ty West obviously House of the Devil which is one of my favorite one of my favorites I know I, say that. I know I say that a lot but I have a lot of favorite movies so fuck off um, <laughs> I can say that a lot alright <laughs> but excuse me <clears throat> um, yeah but like some of the ones that kind of stand, stood out to me, You're Not My Mother, which is a, an amazing yeah. Irish movie. Yep. Really Irish horror movie. is really good as well. Yeah, de- oh, definitely. Yeah, it's really coming into its own. It's awesome. Mm. Um, think of like, what's the, what's the kind of folky one? Oh, uh, the Hollow. The Hollow, yes. The Hollow. Yeah. The, ho- the Hollows or the Hollows? The Hollows. Yeah. It's got Uncle, Hallows, Uncle Benjamin for Game of Thrones. Yes, that's the very one. Yeah. There's another one called Uninvited coming out soon. Okay, cool. Caveat. Yeah, which caveat, which is amazing. It was really, really good. I really loved that. Mm. Um, the other ones that stood out to me this year, Watcher, which I found was a really kind of creepy, creepy, creepy movie. Um, Resurrection is probably one of my favourites. Where did you find Watcher, by the way, actually? I, 
I can't find. I don't. Can't remember where I watched it. I'll ask you later. Um, I can't. Where I can't even remember where I watched Watcher. Is it Watcher or is it The Watcher? There's that many things called Watcher. There's one with Keanu yeah. Reeves for like 2002 as well. Can't yes. remember them all. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Watcher yeah. was good. Resurrection, with Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth, mm-hmm. was outstanding. It's probably, I would say, one of the top ones for this year. I've definitely, Still, again, I need to see that. Yeah, I find this out, right out, out, now, out, now, out now on Shudder. Um, right, okay, Resurrection. Right. It was on Shudder, I think, overseas, and that's how I kind of found mm-hmm. it. Um, but it's just a. Again, I was. It's one of these films I would see going blind to seeing it. I was like, okay, but I don't think any of the trailers really give away anything really about the scope of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it goes off in a very brutal kind of gaslighty way. Yeah, which is, and ends with the most weirdest scene ever. Okay. Um, cool. But I would say again, go on, go on blind to that movie if anybody's going to go watch it. I say it's on Shudder now. So. But mm-hmm. apart from that, um, I see some of the ones that stuck out to me Deadstream from, from the mm-hmm. Windows. Deadstream, um, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. VHS 1999, mm-hmm. Resident 99, should yep. say. That was awesome this year. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the VHS series, only really ever really seen the first one and maybe the second one. But I found it really, really fun. It was really, I got a film you could really kind of sit down and kind of watch again and really just kind of take something from. Men was mm-hmm. good. Really yeah, enjoyed yeah, Men. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, a very <laughs> maybe not maybe not <coughs> a super horror movie, but um, maybe kind of fall into the horror comedy camp we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Is Day Shift with Jamie Fox? All right, I've not seen that. Yeah, yet. It's like a it's kind of like a John Wick mm-hmm. with vampires essentially. Yeah. Very, cool. very, and like James Franco, um, him and him cool. and Jamie Foxx have a really good, funny like relationship, and cool. Um, Snoop Dogg, it's just, it's very, 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 very daft, but and very kind of kind of campus plattery, but it's a very fun action movie. Like films like John Wick, mm-hmm. and the raid yeah. sort of thing. You when you add up vampires and Jamie Fox, kind of killing it as he, he has been in a lot of films Aye. these days. Um, I checked out as well. I try to think what else I've seen. Scream Five came out this year, but it was, yeah. it was not. It wasn't bad. Quite like I really enjoyed it. I really quite enjoyed, enjoyed it. Yeah. Scream Five. Aye. Aye. Um, um, we'll come on to those types actually in a wee minute. Um, so I ask a couple of things about uh, legacy horror and legacy characters and icons mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, yeah, for me, Deadstream was great. X, fantastic. Um, Fresh on Disney Plus was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sebastian Stan. And do, 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 forget her name. Uh, she was in. Was it her for Fifty Shades of Grey? Isn't it? Is it? Is that her? No, no, it's not her. No. No, am I getting mixed up? Can't remember who's in Fresh now. It's going to. It's really, it's really professional of us. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's add in a wee theme tune of ding 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 ding. Hey, this is No. These Edgar Jones, no, yes. I'm getting mixed up. Aye, but her anyway, she was good. Um, <laughs> Fresh was good. Um, Sissy on Shudder, a kind of uh, take on social media generation. Mm-hmm. Um, really violent and really fun. <laughs> um, bodies, bodies, bodies. Kind of yeah, similar. That was fun. Yep. That was yep. fun no, horror, horror. No, could maybe come under horror comedy, actually. Yeah, I think so a little bit. Yeah, quite daft. 
anything with Pete Davidson getting stabbed in the neck, I'm on board. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to stab Pete Davidson in the neck, but no. Kanye West does. Well, yeah, of course he does, but Kanye West is a dick. Kanye West. The sadness. No, the sadness. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, was yes. All sorts of fucked up. Um, Taiwanese, I think, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know if we can. I don't know if I could re- recommend it strictly. I would say yeah. it maybe falls into sort of the extreme camp we talked about oh, I definitely. earlier. Um, the extreme sexual violence is this year. Yeah, it's very, very like that was something I was very like surprised by. Mm-hmm. In that film yeah. it was not only graphically violent with like the kind of kills and gore, it's very, very, mm. very, very sexual. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this is like this is a bit oh, a bit a bit much for me. Let's just put it yeah. out there. Someone gets fucked. Watching my perils. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. I was dancing around a bit, but Andy's yeah. like just went Someone to get to the point. Yeah. Literally, it's fine. I'll put explicit on the wee note <laughs> when, I'm the, when I'm editing. Um, yeah, uh, we had Marvel's first proper foray into horror with Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of short movie, 50, 55 minutes. Yep, excellent. Like really good. Really good kind of universal style monster movie. Um, Black Phone, Scott Derrickson returning to mm-hmm. the, the horror genre. I have a good ghost story, a really good ghost story, well, well made, well acted. The script was really good in it, and just the story in general I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, you mentioned Men, mm-hmm. Peril and X. Uh, a couple of overlapping ones we've had. Speak No Evil, which is out fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah Again, another grim, our very ending. grim movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's if you don't like violence towards kids, I would avoid oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it could be quite triggering. Yeah. Um, and then we got one from a the director and writers of host. We got Dashcam this year, which I think done the festival circuit last year. Mm-hmm. Which I think when we initially spoke about it, we were yeah. massive on it, but I've rewatched it since. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, I, I spoke to Jed recently and I said to him at the time when it first came out, I said I really struggled with the character uh, Annie. Mm-hmm. But going in a second time and watching it, I actually appreciated it more because there's a lot of good gore in that and some really creepy moments, a lot of scary moments in it as well. Oh, yeah, I definitely appreciated scary, it. But yeah, there's definitely scary bits in it. I just, for me, being a horrible, horrible leftist, um, <laughs> Uh, a, a sweaty uh, little leftist boy. Um, I just, just found it a bit too. I'm not gonna say triggering. I'm, I'm, I am a self proclaimed snowflake. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I am an SGW, and I, I know, and I'm fighting that war forever. But um, I don't know. Like I, I said, we just spoke about this on like a podcast a long time ago. But um, I just, I just, I just couldn't get over that. I think it's the same as you had watching the Midnight Club. If mm-hmm. I don't like a character, I just I, my brain just goes nope, right. and I'm like I'm just not into it. I just get taken like literally out of it. Um, I just I just couldn't go over it, and and that's but this has come from somebody that I went from, I think maybe only maybe a month or so before watching Host, which I loved. I think that movie's so so good for so, such a short mm. time and such a small such a kind of cramped kind of premise. Yeah, on it's iPlayer like, at the minute like, actually as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah, it's, like, it's really good for people yeah. to pick up. They can get it on iPlayer. So yeah, it's amazing. and because it's like such a a tight movie, mm. and it's it's only it's, it's, it's a, a Zoom call. That's yeah. the whole premise. It doesn't go out, out with that at all, really. Other mm-hmm. than 
So I thought I just felt maybe like felt just for me. That's not me speaking on, you know, not Larry's Larry's um, expressions are not the the complete um, advice of this podcast. Um, I just yeah, don't, just I, I, just, I just struggle with Annie, and like yeah. there were some cool moments. I really liked. I, I was really freaked out by the the kind of carnival scene and the, mm. the kind of weird, the weird sort of talking. Well, I hope that I hope that was that's what I hoped was going to happen. They started talking yeah. and uh, big trees and stuff like that, but no, I just couldn't. I couldn't go over it. It's also a world building. The character of Salem from Host, yeah, is, exactly. yeah, 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 is in this as well. It's the same character, the, the medium, oh, yeah. the host is is in. She's the one that hands over the uh, the lassie. I can't remember the, the lassie's name, but um, yeah. Um, do you fancy getting a bit Freudian? Because we're okay. going to be joined now by Mary Wild. Hi, I'm Mary Wild. I'm a podcaster and lecturer. I co-host the Projections podcast with Sarah Cleaver and contribute to Mike Munzer's Evolution of Horror podcast. So the scene that I actually chose is from The House of the Devil, which is an American occult horror film released in 2009. The plot concerns a young college student who's hired as a babysitter at an isolated house and is soon caught up in bizarre and dangerous events as she fights for her life. It's really a combination of slasher and haunted house subgenres. The 1980s so-called satanic panic was a central plot element, recreating the film aesthetic of that era by using techniques that were used then. So we have this character called Samantha, and she's struggling financially, so she takes on a babysitting job. A guy called Mr. Allman asks to meet her, but stands her up and later is contrite and offers to pay more than the original salary. Mr. Allman reveals that he does not have any children to be monitored. The babysitting job is to attend to his wife's ailing mother, whom he refers to as able-bodied. Now, horror movies often rely on unsuspecting jump scares to entertain audiences, but sometimes it's more effective to build suspense and tension. Some of the best horror films are a slow burn. They don't tell you everything. Instead, they're puzzles that the audience has to work to solve. Sometimes terror is in what you can't figure out. The majority of the action in The House of the Devil feels anticipatory. Because of the film's title, we know this is a dodgy house, but for ages, nothing much happens. We're kept on our toes. Now, I'm about to reveal a massive spoiler, so if that's a problem, you need to skip ahead. But the almonds ultimately drug Samantha via the pizza she orders. She passes out and wakes up bound and gagged in the center of a pentagram. And I truly find this scene incredibly terrifying. Mr. and Mrs. Allman, along with their son Victor, begin a bizarre ritual. The so-called mother is revealed to be a grotesque, witch-like figure. As part of the ritual, she slices Samantha's arm and pours the blood into a goat skull. She uses the blood to draw occult symbols on Samantha's stomach and forehead and forces her to drink her blood from the skull. 
Samantha escapes halfway through the ritual. She kills Mrs. Allman and Victor, but horrific images of mother appear in her mind. Mr. Allman chases Samantha out of the house to a nearby cemetery. He tells her she was chosen, that it is her destiny to accept him. And there's so much going on in this scene because it's such a contrast. The avalanche of action in this short span is such a contrast to the rest of the film where we're kind of kept waiting and we're sort of like lingering around expecting the worst. And like I said, nothing happens. And this is the effective power of the house of the devil, I feel, in the sense of really terrifying us only in the last few minutes of the movie by consolidating all the terror in the final minutes. So you're kind of just on tenterhooks the entire time. And just when you start to think, actually, I can just relax. Nothing's going to happen in this movie. Exactly at that moment is when the worst manifests on screen. If you like this content, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PsychStar or join my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash marywild. So we just kind of discussed roughly um, our favourites of 2022. One thing that's definitely quite prevalent is the return of kind of regular legacy horror characters. Not Maybe not legacy horror characters, sorry, that's the wrong way, but icons and IP making a return. Like this year we've had Scream at the start mm-hmm. of the year, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, we had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I can't remember exactly what it was called. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. It was 75 minutes, so and there was yeah. a, lot of, a lot of good kills in it. I thought it was fine. <laughs> um, we've had a Prey, the, the recent Predator iteration, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Hellraiser's made a comeback. You know, um, in... And Halloween ends, which again, another mention for that fucking hell. I hope they pay me. Then <laughs> <laughs> at times I've mentioned it despite my complete disdain for it. <laughs> uh, um, how do you feel about that? Like, I know a lot of people kind of criticize certainly franchise movies because oh, there's nothing original, why bother? Mm. I disagree with that, to be honest. I think there's something comforting about seeing, um a known quantity on screen. Whether it turns out to be a good movie is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think there's <clears throat> some of some of some reiterations of the legacy characters coming back have been good. I mean, mm-hmm. like, look at look at Prey. That was a yeah. very very good movie, and it, get, and it, and it added something <laughs> different. <laughs> I mean, so you know, if you've got a different look at the Predator, you know, you've got different sort of ways of taking them on this time. Mm. Taking them on, you know, you never know. It's like a, a man or a female, you don't know. Yeah. Um, but it kind of brought something new to it. I think that Hellraiser has definitely brought something new to you know that that franchise with the sort of this reboot. Um, obviously made it very different. Had a kind of trans actress um, come into the role, have it you know the look be different, the sort of the premise be different. I think they're doing something different. I think 
Halloween, Halloween and David Gorgreen attempted to do something different this yeah. year. And I think that, I think it's harder because with Michael, you've had so many movies now. Mm-hmm. It's harder to take, do something different and try and still keep it. Yeah. As a Halloween movie and that kind of, that's what they wanted to do. Those three movies, David Gorgreen movies, wanted to be true to the true to Halloween, carry on from that legacy, but also try and do something different. And they t- attempted yeah. it, and the first one does has its flaws, but is okay. Yeah, really, twenty eighteen one actually. The, the kills with again and ends we've both spoke about at length that we don't <laughs> like and have, have are very majorly flawed. Um, but I think I, one we one we've not mentioned in terms of a, a new legacy character coming in is Art the Clown coming back with Terrifier, Terrifier 2. 2 yeah. Um so that's Seems probably one I was most excited about. Have you seen it? I'm not I'm going to watch I'm going to watch it tonight I think. Mm-hmm. Um that was cuz I kind of now see obviously it's on demand here in the UK again. Yeah. Here now I should say that now on demand now in the UK. In the UK. So, yeah. Um so I'm I was the one was I was most excited about coming back. Scream, I was interested about, and I, I did really like Scream. Um, it had its kind of bits of that weren't didn't really work for me, but it was still sort of the same sort of formula. And, you know, seeing yeah, Sydney Prescott again was always kind of fun, and seeing Dewey, um, uh, fuck Gay Weathers though. Oh, no. <laughs> Fair not so much. Uh, but I, I thought I think oh they've, they've all had the kind of varying degrees mm-hmm. of um of success and. I'm hearing a lot of good things about um, where they're going to take the next Hellraiser, hopefully, and hopefully they s- something different. With yeah, have you seen the, the latest? Um, again, I was only to watch that as well. I haven't got any good. time to watch it yet as well, but it's good. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Pinhead's back, but obviously it's uh, Jamie Clayton. Um, Jamie Clayton yeah, yeah. Um, it's also quite a kind of forward step as a trans actor playing. Yeah, I think it's Pinhead. Really cool. Which is an interesting take as well, and yeah, Hellraiser was it was certainly very good, and there is merit to it. But sometimes, as we're saying with Scream, it was okay. Well, in fact, I really enjoyed it, but obviously, mm. I'm a bit a bit less wanted than I am. Mm. Um, with Prey, which for me is the second best Predator movie now, um, it's mm. fantastic. They've done great with it, and then with Halloween ends, it's yeah. F- Flowed to awful personally. Mm. Um, tried to do something different, massively fucked it. Which I appreciate. I appreciate the different yeah, with it, but it just didn't work for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and everyone's going to be different, yeah, really. Exactly. Um, and I think seeing the Leatherface one mm. was very, very, very polarizing. Uh, well, not Leatherface, Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, but again, I, I thought it was fine. Um, I would rather. I would rather see them than not, I think, is the thing. Mm. Like, if you said to me, you of those two choices, you don't get them back or you get to see them once every couple of years, I'd rather still see them. Mm. I mean, Leatherface, I, I, I don't have a, a big affinity with. I mean... No, me neither. I, don't, I, 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 like, I love Tessa Chainsaw Massacre 2. And mm. I like the reboot re- with Jessica Biel. I thought that was, that was fun. Oh, I've not, I've not have a great love. Was I think it's 2003, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I've seen yeah, that in the early two thousands, but yeah, I really, I really liked that movie. I thought it did something really kind of cool, and 
Mm-hmm. It's like one of the kind of remakes they had with sort of Platinum Dunes, I think. Is that Platinum Dunes, that one? I think it? it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, um, like it's, um, it was definitely a post-9-11 movie. It was dark. It was grimy. It was, yeah, um, it was very like very grim and very kind narcissistic. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really good, good film, and I, I say, but I just don't have much of a big gravity. Gravity. I don't really gravitate towards Leatherface in terms of the big, um, like the characters. Like I do to kind of yeah, of course, like, to Freddy or Chucky or even to like Jason, you know, Jason or or Michael. Do you think we'll see Freddy or Jason anytime soon? I think there's a whole rights issue with the two, isn't there? I think it's it's gonna be hard to see those two. I can I, I can more likely see another Leatherface movie coming out rather than oh, aye, aye. Def, definitely we spoke about it before about um, in a previous podcast about Michael coming back. I can see that happening in the next three to five years. Aye, definitely. Maybe even with David Gordon Green. I think I think they, I think they just need to. Oh, he's got the Exorcist coming up next. Yeah, well, which, mm. which I'm super super um, apprehensive about because. I will, I will get into that later <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Um, well, let's take a look into someone who also actually had a Halloween Ends episode out recently. It's Tim Coleman from the Moving Pictures Film Club. Hi, guys. Tim Coleman here from Moving Pictures Film Club. Uh, thank you so much for asking me to come on and just contribute a little voice note uh, about my favourite scary moment. And I will say that is an impossible task to set somebody. There are so many great moments from horror cinema down the years which have meant so much to me. Like, I could talk about the scene in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where Leatherface first appears and slams the door. That is maybe on a technical level the greatest. It is so shocking and so powerful. Um, I could talk about how the assault on the hive in Aliens, James Cameron's sequel, affected me really profoundly when I was uh, like a kid, when I was maybe like 10 or 11 when I first saw that, and it terrified me, but I found it utterly compelling. I couldn't take my eyes away from it. Um, But I'm going to go for one which meant a lot to me when I was a teenager, and that was maybe when I was at that age where I was loving horror movies and I was old enough to kind of get my hands on videotapes myself. Um, and this was one which I love so much. I actually recorded the audio from this scene onto like an old uh, audio tape. We used to have at my parents' house the uh, VHS player was routed through the hi-fi, so you could put like a blank audio cassette in and hit record when you were playing a movie and re- capture the audio. And so I made like a mixtape, geek that I am, of like my favourite scenes. And this was the first scene on the first tape like that that I made. And it is of course the opening sequence to Wes Craven's 1996. Meta slasher scream. I'm sure this is like a, a really popular answer, and maybe other people have chosen it, but for me, it is the perfect example of like a really smart, crackling script, one that's really cine literate, one that importantly is really horror literate as well. Uh, really just well written, well performed, and just perfectly escalates as well. There's this, this ever increasing hum of tension and dread as it kind of moves from being kind of flirty and funny and, and just kind of like a, a good time teen movie, and then it gradually becomes more and more sinister until of course it it 
kind of you know reaches its mini denouement uh, around the 10 minute mark with that first kill um, i think it's absolutely a masterclass of writing acting directing i think it's a perfect short film on its own and i think it is the perfect moment in what is arguably one of the perfect horror films as well so yeah i'm going to just fly that flag for ghostface's first appearance his phone conversation with cassie aka drew barrymore at the beginning of 1996's scream thanks again guys and happy halloween to you and all your listeners and i hope to speak to you again soon cheers bye-bye so now we come to the kind of main body of the podcast our top three scary moments um it didn't really take me long to think of mine would be you well, that was quite quick actually i had to do a little bit of process of elimination i think right okay yeah i think i had to kind of i had to kind of narrow it down because i went and i sort of at first i was like what what has actually scared me in terms of actual actual scares but mm. my kind of picks are mostly ones that just kind of sat with me kind of or made me feel quite horrible at the time okay. um maybe not scared but maybe sort of disturbed or a little bit like definitely creeped out and definitely uneasy uh-huh. um one especially kind of was quite kind of visceral when i was younger yeah um, which we'll have to get into but it was a bit harder because I don't think I'm. I was scared as easily as I used to be. Yeah, Certainly not when I was when I was younger. I was petrified of horror movies, even though I would I had sort of a morbid fascination with watching them. Ever since I seen Poltergeist when I was like a little kid, um, and my mum being very very pro, oh you can watch it's just fine. Very kind of yeah. easy easy about like what we would watch. Certificates didn't really mean anything in our household. Just, Unless it was like sexy sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> you can watch people like, get their heads cut off. Boobs, yeah, nope. Nope, nope, no, no, no nipples, not at all. No. Um, can't watch My Stepmother's an Alien with Kim Passenger, but and Dan Aykroyd, but you can watch like like Rawhead Rex. He's the exorcist. <laughs> He's the exorcist, yeah, they go right in. Um, but yeah, it was hard. It was harder, but I think the three I have, have are kind of ones that have kind of stuck in my craw. For mm-hmm. a little bit longer and sort of linger Thinking in my mind. Yeah, aye. I was I was quite. I've actually just changed one there, <laughs> <laughs> but the other two were straight away for me. To be honest, yeah. um, they've always been in my head. They've always stuck with me. They've hit me hard when I initially seen them. Yeah, just great. So let's kick them off then, Larry. What's your number three? My third, my third pick is the needle scene from Audition. Oh, right, okay. We spoke about it a little bit on the podcast previously tonight, tonight um, mm-hmm. about my kind of love as a younger younger gent with mm-hmm. Tarnage Extreme and Audition was one of my, it was and is one of my favourites. But that, that scene where Sammy... Um, Rasami, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Do yeah. apologize to our, our Japanese listeners. Mm. When she's torturing Shig, Shigiharu, um, right, okay. it's, it's just it's horrible. It's so visceral. There's like she's singing this kind of like singing deeper and deeper, and yeah, and as he go in and she's you know, she's putting injecting him into his tongue, and then the sawing of his legs, with the cheese wire, oh, and she's singing cool. the whole time. I just, it's, it's a noise and it's a, you, 
the way he acts when she's putting the needles into like he's he's kind of sort of in his sides and it's very very she's playing sort of playing with her food almost mm. um kind of playing almost kind of playing nurse essentially <laughs> it's a very it's a very visceral scene it's always something that out of all the those films i've watched and i really another kind of one of the kind of honorable mention is the scene in the river and simply for mr vengeance where mm. he gets his the, the kind of protagonist gets his heel kill his tendons cut so he can't get yeah. the water which you spoke about with, with tim coleman before mm-hmm. about that's a horrible horrible scene but audition is definitely up there yeah. i'd even pick i even picked it over the the tongue scene in each of the killer which is like, <laughs> again very again another very visceral movie from top to bottom but yeah audition it just i think it's something about i'm quite afraid of not having body autonomy Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of, I, I've been like, I have you know horrible. I don't have, I don't have don't great mental health, but um, I have a kind of really big fear of kind of dying, but also a big fear of <laughs> of losing. Yeah. My 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 faculties. Yeah, of course. And right. you know, like being trapped in your own body, mm-hmm. scares scares me, and not ha- and being paralyzed like Shigaru is, and this scene, I just think it's so scary. Like she could do anything to him, and she's he's got no recourse. When it does happen, he's like, he's like, you know, he's, he's he's jumping up and down. But yeah. I think that's more of a, his body reacting to where she's the pressure points he's, she's putting the needles into. It's just a horrible scene, and he's lying there and screaming. But at the same time, he just can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's just it's just it's, I think it's just a really. It's kind of haunted me and chilled me to, for this, to this day. Because I've seen it maybe, like, what, like 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, right, 1999 it was out. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's a good shout. Um, Takashi Miki, interesting director, has mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. over 100 movies. Um, stupid amount. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I've watched that for the first time this year, and it's quite... Yeah, I get why you've you've went with that. It's quite a it's harrowing, as you're saying, that not having yeah. control of yourself as well. Just really sticks. Um, my number three is fairly recent, and we've already mentioned the movie a couple of times actually on this pod. And it is the end, not the the exact end scene, in caveat, but it is the scene of the cops kind of head poking around the corner. Absolutely yes. put the fear into me. That's a going round, going round corners. It's the look of the eyes, the kind of mm. wide-eyed, blank, not smile, but grimace from erosion, uh, like fluids from the body. <laughs> this is yes, horrible yes, yes, corpse yes. just poking its head round the corner. Um, you don't see the full thing; it just mm-hmm. cuts off quite quickly. Actually, once you, once the the head pops round, but mm-hmm. that really got to me that. That properly. I don't think I've been scared by a movie as much as Caveat in the past few years. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, it really put the shits up me. It's it's a movie full of big, big scares. Um yeah. from and I, I was torn between that scene or the scene when he's going through the crawl space in the house and you mm. can see the body you can see the head of the cops at the end of the, the kind of crawl space that mm-hmm. then ducks down mm-hmm. and hides. That yeah. probably got me as well. 
Um, there's a scene where it's almost like a, a the main character puts a balaclava or something over the, the dead body, mm-hmm. turns around and there's a hole in the balaclava and the eyes staring at him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a so, very creepy movie. Oh, it's, it was proper, proper scary, that one. And it's very, it's very... It's very kind of otherworldly in terms of because mm. you, you have this sort of scene, the very beginning, you know, where you know he's getting interviewed about going to the island and like looking after yeah. this place, but also at the same time, when he gets there, it's almost like a completely different world. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like tied up and he can't leave, and he's got yeah. sort of a sort of like um, kind of like a almost like a, a street jacket sort of thing. Yeah, but the whole whole film seems very like. Does that, it almost reminded me, there's a, I think it's a German film of, of adaption of Alice in Wonderland. Okay. It was very like, it's very that, very her, herky-jerky, sort of, Serene. almost like surreal and very like strange and kind of, I see otherworldly and a little bit, like of like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem to kind of fit into, you know, you've got this kind of, kind of Irish kind of gangster almost, mm-hmm. kind of get into this, this this place where it's a whole different, you know, environment, almost different planet or different set time, different time setting almost. Yeah. Um, which I've really, I really loved. It's again, another one of the films I would highly recommend checking out Shudder because it's, Oh, it's been one of the best. I mean, Shudder's output has been really great as well. Oh yeah, definitely. But caveat's been, <laughs> it's, it, it's just, it got to me so much that scene mm. and, that uh, it's just a movie in general. It's yeah. it's probably in my top of possibly all time. Um, wow! And spoke with uh, Damien McCarthy before the director. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great guy, and I really look forward to seeing what he does next. Oh, yeah, um, definitely, yeah, absolutely. If he can get scares like that out or something, then yeah. He's on to a winner. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, obviously audition, and we've discussed a wee bit of Takashi Miki. So let's hear from a man who spoke about Takashi Miki on our episode, Rob Simpson. Hello, I'm Rob Simpson, and I'm the host of the Directors Uncut podcast. And I was on the episode with Takashi Miki. Andy asked the question, and Larry asked the question about uh, favourite scary scenes for Halloween. Um, it's a hard question, honestly, so I, I really couldn't narrow it down. So I've picked two. One from Japan, which is very on-brand for me, and, and an American one. Um, the American one is from Silence of the Lambs. It's towards the end of the film. I mean, it's fairly obvious which one it's going to be, given it's Silence of the Lambs. But it's towards the end of the film when I think they found Buffalo Bill. So there's, there's two separate teams. One team is full of SWAT team members. They've all got guns, they've all got armor, they're all up to the nines. And they jump through the windows, they shoot the guns, you know, throw the weight around. And there's nobody there. A simultaneous scene, Jodie Foster's character, Clarice Starling, um, turns up at the actual Buffalo Bill's house. It's a tense scene when it starts. She figures out pretty much straight away that this is the person that she's looking for. Uh, This guy is Buffalo Bill. So things escalate, and she finds like evidence, a skin suit, all sorts. And then she gets to a basement, a maze-like basement, and the power goes out. Now, Buffalo Bill 
has a night vision, a set of night vision goggles, and Clarice Stalin is completely blind. Like the sort of blind where you can't see your own hand in front of your own face. And that scene entails uh, Buffalo Bill sort of just stalking Clarice, fully in control of the situation, getting so close to touching her, but he doesn't. He's just playing with his food. And it's terrifying. It's an absolutely perfectly pitched and made horror scene. And it ends when Buffalo Bill tries to win and he pulls the the trigger back on his gun. And that's when her FBI agent's instincts kick in. Wonderful, brilliant scene. And the other one is from Dark Water. Hideo Nakata's Dark Water. Um, a movie in which a house is haunted by a water spirit who uses the sort of the disguise of a little girl, really. Um, as ever with these movies, you think you're safe when you're away from the building where it's all take place in. So the scene in particular takes place at a junior school, the children and nursery, I can't remember the age of the character, and they're playing a simple game of hide and seek. What could possibly go wrong there? Um, none of the kids can find her. None of the fellow classmates can find the little girl. And it's been a while that she's been hiding. And eventually, the one person who does find her is is the ghost spirit from the flats. And when you see her, it's just water bellows throughout her feet. Bellows, like, comes out of her feet. And it doesn't sound like much, but the way that Hideo Nakata, who also did um, Ring, works horror scenes, he doesn't do it to a jump scare. He just lets the scene breathe. He lets that atmosphere get really oppressive until these things happen and when they do happen the skin on your arms and the hair on your arms just stands on end and those two as far as i'm concerned anyway are two perfect scary movie scenes so that was our first picks there and also we heard from rob simpson who's been a fairly regular show guest with us and he's going to be on an episode later on actually discussing chopping wall with us which will be quite exciting mm-hmm. Um, strange wee movie. <laughs> okay, that's that's for another time. Um, part two, or part two, sorry, number two of our scariest moments. Um, I'll go first with this if that's all okay. right with you. Yes, please do. A character again that I have mentioned, um, and it's one that I just put in while we were in discussion. Mm-hmm. I've taken out a scene for Paranormal Activity, which always gets to me, and that was mm. um, Katie standing next to the bed watching over her, her partner. just mm. freaks me out. It's that kind of staring. I used to always have yeah, nightmares about getting stared at, like just an unbroken look. Yeah. Kind of similar to the movie Smile we, get, we got this year, but that was disappointing. Yeah. Um, and it is from, the one I've, I've landed on is from the original It TV movie. Well. And it's the washing line scene. Ah, okay. Near the start, it might be... Is it before Georgie? Uh, no, I don't think it is before Georgie. No. But it's quite near the start, and it's mm. a young girl playing in the garden, and you just start seeing Pennywise through the 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 bed linen, which is mm. blown in the wind, as Dylan would say. Um, <laughs> and he changes from playful kind of hide and seek and waving to her and high and and his face just drops into hatred almost mm. not even the fact that he's a hunter yeah he's, he's preying on this young girl but it, it seems like proper anger and fury in his eyes which really gets to you and really mm. got to me and still does 
Mm-hmm. Um, we've again we've, we kind of spoke about it earlier on about between Tim Curry and Skarsgård, and as much as I did admire what Skarsgård done, and it's a totally different take. I don't yeah. think there's anything in that movie, those two movies, that is as fear-inducing as this scene from the TV movie. At. Yeah, it's very scary. I've, like it's, it's a lot of weird and scary moments in that that film. Mm-hmm. I think maybe just just looks in terms of what you were talking about before, just where can his face changes. Mm-hmm. I say we spoke about off the other bit of about Town Curry being very expressive. It's always the the, the kind of shower scene mm-hmm. that kind of gets to me, and the way okay. his, face, his face is and the teeth and just horrible just that is definitely a horrible thing and it's and it's done a little bit more subtly than you know the the the, the newer films the the late 2000s films basically but the 2010s films i should say mm-hmm. um i just think it's again yeah i think the tv movie has a sort of certain charm to it and a certain like creepiness to it then the, yeah. the new ones are a bit more abrupt with the, with the scares with this is a bit of a Aye. slow sort of more very a, a, a very much more of a Stephen King type of vibe to it than the, the, the other ones it maybe hasn't aged very well like it's Perhaps very dated and especially Perhaps the no. ending um, but it is it's, it's definitely for me it just it's the one that properly gets me um, mm-hmm. and that's that's coming from a fan of the the, the Musietti's uh, double bill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Tim Curry at his absolute best, maybe after uh, Frankenfurter. Um, but <laughs> it's <clears throat> it's not one I actually watch a lot though. I think because of how low the budget is really and you can really yeah. tell especially when you're getting to the end but it's one that's always stuck with me and that's why it made number two um for me larry what is your number two i'm going to talk about another icon that got a remake and is due a remake very very soon from a director we don't really like anymore and that is the first bed scene from The Exorcist, aka okay, okay. Crucifix, into Bajaji. <laughs> yeah, this is sort oh, of this is obviously and I got another another one from my when I was younger. I only I got to this film maybe when I was fifteen, sixteen, probably. I think there was a re-release. Now, wait, the Exorcist, Exorcist itself sticks out to me. As one of my favorites, because on the, the night I went to see it, there was a Mark Mode documentary. I oh think, yeah, I think it might be included in the Blu-rays, maybe. Yeah, I um, guess it's a very kind of famous documentary talking about mm-hmm. exorcism, the kind of story behind it, plus the sort of the um, the kind of behind the scenes of how well we frequently kind of torture, um, Caris, you know, mm-hmm. in the scenes, you know, shotguns and um, slapping. The, re- the priest across the face at the end. Aye. Make sure he's crying and shaking over uh, Caris's body. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, was, it really gave me sort of an atmosphere. It really scared me before I'd even seen the movie. And yeah. kind of gone off and seen it in, in the Grovner, a very 
small cinema in Glasgow. Just I remember the scene specifically because there was almost like the whole time this because very brutal and it's very like there's lots of swearing and it's mm-hmm. kind of sexualized violence and there's she's oh. throwing things around the room. She throws her mum across the wall against the wall. Should say, um, and her head goes right round in the back of that very famous. Yeah. Um, if you've talked about the exes, that's what you kind of talk about or either that the pea the pea soup come out the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember just the whole cinema. I don't know if they, everybody was kind of watching the same for the first time that I was. I, I was I was with my mum who'd seen it mm-hmm. in the seventies, and it had been so sort of almost not banned, but almost sort of seen in a, in a light of <clears throat> not something that we'd really watch all the time, or mm-hmm. seen as quite a kind of a sort of blasphemous, um, touchy sort yeah. of movie in terms of like. Yeah. We don't talk about that movie. It's kind of a bit brutal and very. Uh, there's a sort of a aura about it, or kind of a lore. This film. So when I got to, they got to release it again. I'm really excited to see it. So when that scene happened, everybody in the, the cinema just went completely silent yeah. for at least about two minutes when it got into the next scene. And I just remember everybody kind of bursting it laughing, just out of like sheer nervousness. Yep. I, like, I just remember like just like sitting going, what what the fuck, what the fuck. Because I'd not seen I'd not seen a lick of this this film in any way, shape, or form. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I'd seen very kind of small snippets in, in the documentary pre watching it, but that mo- that scene especially kind of really kind of put the fear of I was gonna say the fear of God into me, but uh, <laughs> the fear of Satan into me. Fear of Pazuzu. Uh, fear of Pazuzu, yeah, yeah. Um it's just that the, it's the voice, it's the, it's the stabbing with the, the, the crucifix, it's the swearing, the, the, like, mm-hmm. the language she yeah. uses. It's not just scary, voice, it's grotesque. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's meant to be shocking. I know that mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot, there's a lot of discussion now about how it seems like a very tame movie and very of its time, but I'd, I'd, I, I, I love it. I love that film, and I always have such a love for it because it's one of the first films that genuinely scared me, and I got to see in the cinema. You know, like I was allowed to. It wasn't something my mum and dad rented, and I was then allowed to watch it. Mm-hmm. It was something like me and mum were bonding over it. Okay, she was taking me to see this movie and showing me this is look at this movie. It's like it's fucked up, but it's. It's amazing, isn't Aye. it? Like amazing, and I'm like, no, it's fucking scary. <laughs> um, and that that scene alone is just, it's just, it sticks in my, and sticks in my head for, and it will ever, forever be in my head. Aye, it's um, the, the Exorcist is one that has just permeated pop culture now, isn't it? Yes, yeah. The mother sucks cocks in hell is yes. a well-known yeah, line. Yeah, like, yeah. And. Do you know, I think I only seen it for the first time, it was either last year or the year before. It was no. certainly during lockdown. The reason being, when I was younger, I was terrified of watching it because I'd heard mm. about how scary it was. And then I kept putting it off because I was worried about it not living up to any sort of expectation. Yeah. Um. So I just kept delaying it and kept delaying it and then I watched it and, I mean, it's fantastic. It's incredibly mm. well made. Max von Sydow's great. Um, it's just a wonderful... Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really great 
Yes, yes, absolutely, the, yes. In the theatrical, and the spider crawl's so iconic that not having it in just seems a bit mad. Um, it does seem very strange now if you think about it, because it's it's. But I think at the time, mostly I think the reason why they took it out is because it's maybe it's it's quite creepy to me. But I think in now nowadays it would be quite silly, almost. Mm-hmm. It's quite mm-hmm. it's quite kind of. Because you, you obviously, obviously see that it's just her like on like a, a wire, and she's yeah. put, put her arms back, but they're not really touching the the floor. Yeah, they're not really touching yeah. the stairs. They're just sort of like kind of and it's done really quickly, so you don't really you, you don't have time to think about like oh her feet, her hands and feet are not touching the ground. Yeah, um, but she's done settling already. Like just settling already, yeah. But yeah. I, I think everybody's like just plays an amazing part, and like I think. Like Jason Miller, especially, I think is an amazing actor in it. He just plays a sort of mm-hmm. very hard done by priest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm telling you the whole story, but um, <laughs> I think he kind of had. I think he was treated kind of pretty, brutally by William Friedkin on the set. I yeah, talked about the shotgun stuff. I think I think everybody was. I think Linda Blair was treated like dog shit, and Ellen Bernstein like had her back almost broken with the, that specific scene. Yeah. Um. But I think everybody plays it so so well. Obviously, Max von Sydow playing somebody like largely a lot older than I think he was at the time. He's maybe like thirty or forty at that time or something. He was very young at that time. (laughs) Looks madly old at that time. But I just I think, and I would say me I would maybe go out on a limb and say that Freakin is probably one of my favorite directors, if not my favorite director, because I look at films like that, French Connection, and Intruder. Mm Um, no. I'm talking to someone else. No, not Intruder. I'm talking to someone else. But I've, his films are just really, really amazing. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've just, I just think that 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 scene will always be one of my favorite horror scenes ever, and also one that can stick in my head for the rest of the time, basically. Mm. Open the door. Do you know what she did? Your canting daughter. That was your second pick for our top three scariest moments. Larry picked quite a, a well-known classic. And speaking of people who love classic Hollywood, um, let's hear from Egrain Hackett Cantabrana now. She discussed James Whale when she was on the pod, and this is one of her scariest moments. Hi, I'm Egrain, the host of What a Scream, the horror movie podcast. And I am here to tell you guys what I think is the best, scariest moment from a horror film. Um, So my favourite moment is actually from my favourite horror film, The Exorcist. And it is when Chris McNeil is chatting to her assistant and we see the lens kind of through Chris McNeil's eyes and we're looking directly over the shoulder of her assistant out into the hallway and we see Reagan, her daughter, arrive at the top of the stairs and all of a sudden she's bent over backwards and she starts doing this like fast motion backwards spider walk down the stairs and it's quite a brief moment but it's just the movement is so uncanny and it's it actually comes from one of the scariest bits of the book um And I think they did an amazing job of transposing that into film and still keeping that really creepy element to it. 
Um, so yeah, that is my favourite scariest moment from a film. I hope everyone is having a very good spooky season and happy Halloween. That was a green from What a Scream podcast, one of my favourite horror podcasts. I've also been on a couple of times, which is always fun to hear my own voice, which I don't like. Um, <laughs> I love your no, voice, Andy. It's all right. I love your voice. Thank you. You have to listen to it at least no, once every yep, yep. two weeks, maybe. <laughs> um, let's run out of number ones. Um, I will come to yourself first, Larry, but I'll just give a wee quick rundown of the other two. It was number three was Caveat, with the cops peeking its head around the corner. And number two was the washing line scene in that TV movie with Tim Curry. Um, what were your three and two again? My f- number three was the torture scene from Audition mm-hmm. and the Exorcist bedroom scene, yeah, a- aka the crucifix scene. Yep, the yeah, uh, crucifix yeah. dildo, <laughs> crucifix dildo, yeah, head revolving scene, yeah. Iconic. Um, number one then, what is it? My number one, now, this is scary, mostly, it's coming from a film that's very, very daft. Okay. Um, And it's from the film Sleepaway Camp, and it's at the very end. Right, okay. Never seen that. The reveal where Angela is found out to be trans, to be, yeah. out to be a boy. Um, There's a, there's a, this the, what it sticks out to me the most is the last sort of shot where it sort of pans out and Angela's kind of screaming f- wide uh, wide eyed wide mouthed face mm-hmm. and slowly pans out to see the sort of this this m- male body right okay um now this is not that's not what's freaky about it it's just the way that they've they've composed the shot it's all kind of it's almost got a darkness. Angela um, just has this horrible look, this sort of frightened, and it's making this horrible noise. Mm-hmm. Um, it just when I when I seen it because it, because it's so jarring. The, the film itself is quite not as campy as the second one, the third one are. Mm-hmm. They're very very over the top, kind of almost comedy horror films. Yeah, this was more a kind of very B sort of. Slasher movie, but it ends in the sort of this, this, this very kind of prolific reveal, but done so wonderfully, but also disgustingly in terms of like <laughs> the way it's shot, because it is, it is just basically the a young girl's head superimposed on the body of a male, or right, okay, it just it's just something very creepy about the noise, the facial expression. The kind of the shadows on the face compared to the body, it just is so like it's so scary. The noise is, I just I just can't get the noise at my head and or mm. her face at my head ever. I think it's a fantastic scare and fantastic um, twist. Um, well, for Sleepaway Camp, probably, <laughs> um, but it just yeah, it's just one of these kind of films that. One of these kind of scenes where the movie itself may not be super scary, but they've done it in such a way to be like, right, it's like it hits you at the end, this kind of powerful sort of moment. And it just, 
everything kind of comes into play. Yeah. I love that when that happens, and sort of there's great sound direction and there's sort of sound direction, sound design, I should say. And yeah. Great sort of makeup effects and <clears throat> uh, camera effects. It's just it's wonderful when that happens. And as somebody is not easily scared by or frightened by things, um, yeah, that's that's gonna that's always gonna be in my nightmares forever. I think. Yeah. It's um, it's a movie I've never seen actually. Um, mm-hmm. I have heard a lot about it. I think I listened to an episode of Evolution of Horror, maybe when they were discussing mm-hmm. it. Um, it has it aged okay. In I don't. Terms I don't, of, because I don't think so. No, no, right. no. It's it's very. The film itself is very of its time, and that scene is very of its time in terms of. If you did it now, it would be a lot more blatant. I think. Mm-hmm. It'd be a little bit more, but I think also if you did it, I don't think you could do it now because it's not seen as a bad. I think that that film sort of plays it as sort of she's playing this massively horrible trick on people, and right, okay. you know, the, the fact that she is trans is quite um, as seen as a oh, you kept this whole thing secret, it's disgusting, and like, yeah, so it's played for that, played for scares that she's a boy and not a girl, um, and okay. this whole time, but now. You couldn't really do that because it's because it is because trans people are and it's an amazingly part of part of life now is that we are have more accepting of the, of those things. They're not yeah. we're not seen as villains, and I think at that time LGBT community, LGBT community, um, the trans community were seen as very very much the. Seen not villainous, but certainly in terms of never really painting a cut. Uh, yeah, like a, yeah. a part part of the world that was like either played for laughs, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of, you know, you know, kind of transvestism, or mm-hmm. you know, you know, you would have something like things like Police Academy where they go into like a gay bar, um, yeah. and it'd be like, and and then people like you know, divine <clears throat> were seen as like sort of like weirdly, <clears throat> almost you know. Horrible creatures. They they dog poop. They weren't seen as you know, like you know, as sort of as superstars they are are now, which mm-hmm. is which is an interesting dichotomy now to see where there's been sort of an amazing flip in terms of like of there's of def there's definitely still work to do mm-hmm. in terms of you know you know and whenever I hear that kind of like kind of language use you know homophobic language or anti-trans language in films now mm-hmm. I can't help it but, it but it puts me off Yeah, but that that film I think just is very of its time when you weren't we weren't, weren't accepting of, of people like that yeah. we weren't accepting of people's living like that and that film kind of hits the point where it's like well it's, it's, uh, this, is, this is devilish this person Mm-hmm. And but forgetting the fact that she's killed multiple people at the same time, the fact yeah. that she has a penis at the end of it doesn't particularly match up to the fact that she's you should be like, well, wait a minute, doesn't didn't she kill those other people? We shouldn't really be focusing on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think yeah. just I think just the, the whole thing I find scary about it is just the way it's presented, and because it's such a shocking thing, the shocking scene to see at the end. It just it's, it's gonna stick in my head forever, and mm-hmm. also because um, it's horrible that people 
proper treat like that in those kind of those kind of days as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the most shocking thing of all is anti-trans propaganda of the people yeah. in camp. Yeah, yeah, of course. Aye, that's an interesting choice. I didn't expect that. Um, come on to my last one then. Mars, my first one, if you call it that. Uh, my number one is from my favourite horror movie of all time. It's from the orphanage, and it is one, two, three. Knock at the door. Oh my god! The game played in the hall of the orphanage by um, the the main character. Uh, maybe second, just while on the spot, Google. Um, but yeah, one, two, three, knock at the door. The, the main character is essentially trying to communicate with the children of the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Laura, Laura, probably I'm assuming she'll, yes. be, she'll be pronounced as. And she starts to play a game, one, two, three, knock at the door. She turns her back to the door in question, maybe, mm-hmm. and wraps her knuckles three times, turns round, there's nothing there. Does it again, the door's open, there's still nothing there. The next time she turns round, there are kind of faceless children just getting closer to her. Essentially, the game is, well, she's knocking, they're allowed to move, and when she turns mm-hmm. round, they have to be statues, and yes. someone has to get to her first, and... This is uh, Jay Bayona, um, who directed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Which should be <laughs> better, but um, it's really well done because it's the tension built up in it, but it also ends with a kind of stress releasing jump scare, <laughs> um, with a hand coming up and grabbing on the shoulder. There's 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 two parts. That it's not massively. Um, malevolent spirits that are in it there's a playfulness to them um, and it's I mean apart from the fact that it's just a beautiful movie it's really well shot really well acted and it's also heartbreaking this is a movie that is scary and sad yes in equal measures just as sad as it is scary um, but it just the, the kind of build up of this scene just works perfectly Um Definitely feels a bit kind of like you've had with the Midnight Club this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's few similarities in there. Mm-hmm. Del Toro was the, I think it was his production company maybe, or that was why I ended up going to see it in the cinema, because uh, yeah. maybe Guillermo Del Toro presents, and at that time Del Toro was probably my favourite director, just through Pan's Labyrinth and Hellboy and things like that. Um, beautiful movie, and just... Proper shit scary. It's a shit scary scene that always still gets me. Um, and I yeah, think, it, it, like you were saying, it does have, I wouldn't say a scary ending, mm. but a very upsetting and disturbing sort of ending to it. Um, then, yeah, but also, it's, I don't know if disturbing is the right word, I would say, mm. personally. I think it's sad. Yeah. But then it also has an under kind of undercut with a bit of maybe not hope but happiness is kind of in between almost yeah yeah, a little bit yeah I suppose yeah that's true because there's an initial twist and then there's the ending um, yeah. don't again too much to spoilers but people have have seen it well know but yeah that's, yeah it, it balances it really well and I said that for me it's my favourite favourite horror movie of all time 
and I said, I always go for ghost stories. Yeah. And that's what I went for. Um, so that was our top three. We've got one more guest to hear from. Uh, this was, I guess, Larry you spoke to about... Uh, who was the director again you discussed? We spoke about Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma, that's the one. And he is a Nick Cage aficionado. Um, runs the... Caged uh, in. Caged in podcast, yep. <laughs> it's, it just took a total blank there again. I'm good at doing that. And this is uh, Petros Patsalidis. So enjoy. This is Petros Patsalidis of the Caged In podcast reporting for duty with my memorable or scariest moment from a horror movie. When I often think about the scariest moments or what scares me in horror films, it never really is particularly moments. It's mood, it's atmosphere, it's, it's, a, it's a vibe of a film. Things that come to mind, stuff like The Shining or the work of David Lynch, there's this kind of unsettling, uneasy feeling that it kind of seeps into your skin. And I guess a more modern director who's tapped into that is someone like an Ariaster who, with Hereditary and Midsummer, it's just, it's not one, one moment. It's a collection of moments that really kind of seep under your skin and get there to, to unsettle. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about a particular moment that really got under my skin and just even to this day I just remember the first time seeing it and it really kind of jolting me and I wait with anticipation every time I watch this film and the the, the film in question is uh, Brian De Palma's Carrie a film that I love and I've been on this very here podcast um, professing my love for the work of Brian De Palma unfortunately not talking about the the horror masterclass that is Carrie and the filmmaking masterclass that that film is but there's a particular moment in that film um, it's after Carrie has come home from the prom having been soaked in blood and going on a rampage kind of taking revenge on the students who had done this to her and had been <clears throat> willing participants with their laughing and cruelty towards her throughout the film but it's the cruelty at home that maybe is the worst for Carrie and there's a moment when her mum seems to be nice to her and like encourages her to take a bath it's, it's, it's the moment when she leaves the bath that really gets me and the mum is behind the door because I think what, like it is, it is like a classic jump scare within that film which I, I think is a film that doesn't rely too much on jump scares, although I guess um, it probably has, for my money, one of the most memorable with that ending shot. But I kind of, I kind of, even when I'd first seen that film, I, I knew of that moment that kind of had become a trope in cinema, even by the time I had seen Carrie at quite a young age. But there was something about Carrie's mum 
uh, standing behind that door. And as she opens it, she stood there and it terrified me. And it kind of terrifies me to this day. I kind of, it's a, it's a moment and an image that is kind of etched onto my irises that I, I cannot shake away. And as I said, like when I watch Carrie, I anticipate that moment in fear and dread. And I think that's what makes it memorable and terrifying for me is I know it's coming, but when it happens, it still terrifies me to my very core. So that wraps up our Halloween special, our top three scariest moments. Um, thanks to all our guests. Thanks to the all been previous guests on the show. Um, we have other guests coming up, but they can wait till next year. Um, think of another <laughs> Halloween episode to discuss. Um, overall, I've really enjoyed talking about this. I think Halloween is the time of year where I get to watch my favourite genre. Uh, and horror and I get to discuss my favourite movies and it's just something I, I love generally just the season maybe not so much the cold and the dark and being in Scotland <laughs> the piss and rain um, but yeah it's been it's been good fun Larry how are you feeling after it? Feeling good I'm looking forward to everybody hearing from our guests it's been a fun year so far more to come you can catch uh, find me on Twitter at no with Andy um, get Larry at Nowhere Larry we have the Instagram at uh, Road to Nowhere that's right yep. I finally remembered it because we recorded just before this so it made it easier <laughs> and the pod Twitter is at Where is Nowhere Larry it's been I, fun yep I'm looking forward to everybody hearing it and looking forward to our next show yep and that's all from us catch you yeah. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy, happy Halloween.